Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Let's be honest. The first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simon's on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away, because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're discussing avoiding money fights with Andy Hill. Yeah, Joel, that is right. We are excited to have Andy Hill on the show today. On one hand, he's an ordinary guy. He's got a regular nine to five job podcast on the side like we do. But, you know, on the other hand, Andy is he's sort of a unicorn when it comes to uh, what he's done with his money. He and his wife started out $50,000 in debt. But in four years, they became completely debt free after paying off their debt. Uh, and $200,000 of a home mortgage. Yeah, that's definitely unicorn territory yeah. <laughs> right there. Um, and now, eight years into it, they've grown their net worth to over $750,000. Andy's podcast is called Marriage, Kids, and Money. And today, we're excited to hear more about his journey in personal finance and in particular to dive into some ways to avoid those money fights like you mentioned. Yeah. So, all right, real quick, we need to mention the beer that we're having on the show today. We're having a beer called Cream Weaver by Three Taverns Brewery, local Atlanta brewery. And your friend Tyler donated this beer to the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Andy, you're you're, going to have the beer on the episode as well up there in Detroit. What are you having on this episode? I'm having Grand Rabbits from Black Rocks Brewery, which is actually my brother-in-law's brewery, and they are located in Marquette, Michigan. So if you're ever in Michigan or northern Wisconsin, you want to grab a brew, support Black Rocks. It tastes really good, and it just <laughs> helps the family. So, you know, go for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is nice to have someone in the business, right? In the brewery business, in your family. It's like free beer on holidays, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And he's, you know, he's one of those really exciting entrepreneurial stories. I won't go into all the details, but... He essentially was a full-time guy selling uh, pharmaceutical sales. And he said, you know what? I just want to brew beer in my basement. And then he moved it to, we're brewing beer in a house. And then we're brewing beer in our own brewery. And then they started canning, going all around Michigan. It's a great that's a great story. I love talking to him about it. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So, Andy, uh, every episode, we have a craft beer because... For us, it's a sign of choosing to live intentionally now, even while we're saving for the future. And and you're drinking a beer with us. Thank you for that. What is your craft beer? What is the thing that (laughs) excites you about spending money on today while you're doing such a good job saving for the future? The thing that I I end up splurging on that I spend 
too much money on are the activities that my kids sign up for. So if my kid <laughs> even remotely has uh, some sort of interest in dancing or swimming or tennis, I immediately sign them up for it. And it, <laughs> it's actually to the detriment of our both our budget and our, our marital san- sanity sometimes because uh, we end up getting into too many activities. And it's kind of funny because now that I'm a parent, that's where I want to dump a lot of my money because I see how happy they get and I want to live vicariously through them. Before they came along, it was concerts and I would buy road bikes because I was into triathlons. And that all just sort of shifted towards my kids because I just I love seeing how happy they are and I love, love seeing them light up. So that's that's kind of where I'm dumping my money lately. All right, I'm going to start putting some fun things in their brains like space camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> It only cost ten thousand dollars for two weeks. No big, exactly. yeah, right. right. <laughs> All right, Andy. So let's let's dive in. On a recent episode of your podcast, you mentioned that uh, you'd had a particularly bad day at work, right? And that made you work towards diversifying your income. Can you tell us basically what happened, and then where did that take you in your personal finance journey? Yeah. So I've been working in the corporate event marketing world for about fifteen years, and I am. I'm in my late 30s and so I've been I've been doing this for a while and you kind of get into a groove and you start doing well in your career and you know you start to get to a point where you're you know enjoying things you're in a managerial level and then some things happen you know so one day our company uh purchased another company and then with that came a different management over so when that management came over they said all right Andy you are not in this position anymore you are now in this position and those people you were managing you're not managing them anymore and uh, we're changing your title. It's a demotion. And this is what you're going to have to deal with. And I'd been working really hard up until that point with this new company. I had been exceeding my goals every year and crushing them and you know, bringing in more sales and more clients. And at this point, I realized there's really nothing that I could do that I was in control of that really had anything to do with this, this decision that they were making. And at that point, I said, well, you know what? Maybe I need to... St- stop trying to care so much about my career and try to care about something that maybe I do have control on over, or at least something that brings me some joy or some entrepreneurial spirit or creative spirit. So at that point, I decided, well, why don't I try to start my own thing, my own little entrepreneurial adventure? And that's when I decided to to start the podcast because I've listened to a lot of folks like you guys that are sharing these great stories and inspiring people on how to save money, but also enjoy life. And I thought I had something to contribute. So that's where I started at least diversifying in the small business world. And then at that time too, I also wanted to diversify my income in, in other fashions as well. Yeah. And I think income diversification is something that we don't talk about a whole lot. There's there's all these ways to attack your frugality or start investing. And we've talked about side hustles on the show before. And that's something that people I think know is a, is a way to, to increase their income, right? But specifically, the journey towards having a more diversified income, you, I believe you said you wanted to have income from five different sources uh, coming in, right? That's like your goal. So tell us kind of what those sources are and, and what a diversification of where you get your income from means to you. Yeah, I would say, you know, so outside of the small business that we talked about that I'm slowly building, which brings me a lot of joy. First and foremost, it brings me joy more than income. The other thing is that my wife has started to, pursue a side hustle per se. She's been doing stay-at-home mom uh, duties over the past four or five years. And it's been a really important thing for our family uh, that our kids were able to be at home with her and uh, enjoy some great bonding time. But she also needs some sanity time for herself too. So she started to do a little side hustle for herself. She's really into organizing. So she started Um, working for a small business locally where she does home organizing. So she goes into people's homes and creates order and helps them to declutter their lives. So that brings her a lot of joy. Marie Kondo Jr. Exactly. It's very Marie. I mean, talk (laughs) about, uh, you know, of the times, right? Tidying up with Marie Kondo. And she sort of laughs at at that a little bit because, you know, Marie Kondo kind of comes in and says... Hey, here's all the things that you can do to spark joy. All right, I'll see you later. And <laughs> but really, when Nicole goes in, here are all the things that you could do to declare your life, and I'm going to help you do it right now. So it's uh, it, it's a little bit of little uh, TV nice. magic where they walk away and come back. But um, so that, that's one of the avenues that we're doing to diversify our income is where Nicole started to do something that she's passionate about. 
The other area is we are saving up for our first rental property, which uh, Joel, I know you are all about, my friend, and it's helped to make a, a big deal in your life. So we're saving up for our first rental property and hopefully get some some income that would be um, coming in on a, a steady basis. And then the the fourth one would be investing in a taxable brokerage account. So we do we've done a lot for our retirement over the past whatever, 10 years now. And we've built up a lot of funds in there. And it's starting to look a little lopsided. I'm like, all right, we're going to be really great when we're 65. And I'm like, okay, well, we don't really have anything for 35 or 40. So we're starting to diversify our investments there and see where we can go by by building that up a little bit. And then really the fifth one is I don't, I don't plan on really stopping working. Um, I enjoy you know having a full-time career and um, you know, providing benefits for my family, uh, so I'll continue to grow my career and do really well at my job. And you know, if if things don't work out th- well there over time, I've got a great amount of skills that I can utilize in other places that will uh, you know keep me very employable. So, th- so those five different sets, I think, will make me feel a little bit more comfortable than the vulnerable position that I found myself in a couple of years ago. So diversifying your income, that's one way you can handle your money well. Uh, another way is to you know, reduce the amount of money that you've got going out, right? Your expenses. And so was this about the same time that you guys decided to go ahead and pay off your house so that you didn't have that mortgage hanging over you? Yeah, I think it sort of escalated us a little bit. We did have this uh, pay off the mortgage plan when we bought our newest house. And that was sort of the agreement that my wife and I came to. I was very happy living in our thousand square foot bungalow home that we had my, my original bachelor pad. But she said, okay, well, we're having our second child. You know, maybe we can move into a little bit bigger home into a nicer neighborhood with better schools. I'm like, uh, okay, fine. But that mortgage seems so big. If we get this house, it's just going to make me feel claustrophobic. Like I always have to perform at work. And if I fail, then I'm failing my family and I'm failing me. It just made me feel really stressed. So we made a, uh, an agreement, said, okay, we'll get the house as long as we can pay it off in five years. And so, you know, she'd get her dream home and I'd get my stress mortgage free life. And we agreed to that and we worked hard on that together. And five years, that's the normal amount of payoff time, right? That most people take to pay off a mortgage. Five years, 30 years, you know, your pick. That's right. You can, you can get a five year mortgage through, uh, through uh, Quicken Loans, right? Right. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, that's incredible, man. I mean, that's truly a rare, right? Matt called you a unicorn in, in the lead up to this episode. And I mean, that is unicorn territory. You paid it off in four years. What was the feeling like when you paid off the mortgage? Oh, it was great. I mean, honestly, uh, the 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 grass in front of our house just felt different walking on it because it was like, we own this place. This is ours. This is our home forever. And we've, we've found a home because of my wife, because she really wanted to find a really great place to live and a great community and great schools that I think we're going to be in literally for another 20, 25 years. We're happy where we are. That makes it even more exciting that this home is paid off and we're going to be in it for a long time. So to your point, originally, Matt, the our expenses dropped dramatically. I mean, we were making, uh, I think, $1,800 payments. Uh, that's with taxes and, and insurance. So $1,300 with the principal and interest. So, I mean, uh, every month, being able to free up $1,300 in our budget to do whatever we want, whether it's save up for a rental property, go on more vacations, uh, splurge on kids' activities, you know, things that we could do together to make our make our family happy has, has just helped uh, not only me feel a lot less stressed in my day job, but also, uh, you know, give us a lot more joy at our house. Yeah, you know, paying off your mortgage is kind of one of those hotly debated things in the personal finance community. It's one of those things that just kind of it's an argument that never dies. Yeah. Uh, yep. So when you guys were debating, and that, and partly that's because rates are just incredibly low right now, and the fact that you know, at, if you have an interest rate in the threes, like why wouldn't you prioritize saving and investing for retirement? So take us through that thought process and the discussions that you guys had. Was peace of mind worth more to you and your family than even kind of that? decision about the return that you're going to get on the money? Yeah, Joel, if you look at the math from 2013 to 2017 when we paid this more when we paid this 3% interest payment off, the stock market did a, a lot better than 3%, right? right so right. if you're looking at the pure math of the thing, you'd say, "Wow, that that doesn't seem like a good, you know, use of your money." Honestly, it was all emotional stress-based and it just it, it was one of those decisions where it's like I went through buying a home in 2004 
and bought it at the top of the market. And then 2008, 2009, 2010, my home was worth half of the value of it. I overbought. That was the exact opposite situation. I bought a home that took up 70% of my income from the mortgage. I never wanted to feel like that Mm. again. I never wanted to feel like that again. So with this new home buying process, we put almost 50% down on the home and paid it off in four years so that we never have to even think about the mortgage ever again. And yes, it was a stress-focused, emotional-focused sort of decision. And I am so glad that we did. And even looking back at the numbers, yeah, we could have uh, whatever made a hundred thousand more dollars or whatever, whatever the number is. You know what I would have done with all of that money that I had made in the stock market as soon as as soon as I got to it, I would have paid off the mortgage just because that's <laughs> the type of feeling that I have in my life and my wife too. It makes us feel great to not have any debt in our life whatsoever. It's yes, it is emotional based, absolutely. I have to clarify one thing. You're not a professional athlete or anything like that, right? Like <laughs> I am you're not. not making millions of dollars. <laughs> like this isn't you and you mentioned to that your wife stays at home. So this isn't like you have to be making two hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars a year. No, we're we're in the one hundred we're in the one hundred to two hundred thousand dollar range to give everybody kind of a you know a basis. But that's I mean, for a lot of the conversations we're having with a lot of people, that's uh, you know, when you got a dual income household, that's probably not too far off from a lot of where a lot of where people are. I mean, the average I know is like 50, 60, something like that. Um, But yeah, that's where we are in our lives. So, you know, while you're working on the mortgage, uh, you mentioned how you guys pretended that you got paid less to pay off your mortgage more quickly. You know, it's an effective kind of mental trick (laughs) that you played on yourself. Um, Why do you think that worked for you? And, you know, are there other decisions that uh, you made that kind of allowed you to stay focused on your goals? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think when you look at how to pay a mortgage off, you're like, oh, how did you pay it off? It's like, if you ask the question, as soon as you think about it, you knew how it, how it was paid off. You put a lot of money towards the principal every month, right? So, but how do you do that then? How do you psychologically trick yourself or what are the hacks to get yourself to do that? So one of the things that we did is that I get paid uh, 26 times per year, which is uh, essentially every two weeks versus the twice a month. So 26 paychecks versus 24 paychecks. I just pretended like we got the 24. So every time we got those extra two, which would be twice a year, both of those would go towards the mortgage. Every time I'd get a bonus for kicking butt at work, that would go towards the mortgage. When we moved into our new home and we had different things and that we wanted to maybe sell because we didn't use anymore because we have kids, my road bike that we talked about earlier, that went on Craigslist and I took that money and threw it to the mortgage. Things that I didn't use anymore. We moved to a new town and I've got little babies. I don't have time to, you know, go road biking. I bought a, I had a moped back in my old place. Same sort of thing. I'm not I'm I'm not using it, sell it, go towards the mortgage. These types of things that didn't really steal a lot of our joy that we weren't even using anyway helped us to do that. My wife sold a couple purses, things like that. Uh, other things that we did to help keep the consistency going. My wife and I met on a monthly basis for what we dubbed the budget party, where we'd get together and we'd talk about our spending from the previous month, our plans for the current month, and then how we are how we're doing on our goals. And we did that every month, pretty much the entire portion of our marriage now for seven, eight years. And that really helped us to stay consistent with our goals and pay off this mortgage on time. So it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. And we want to talk more about specifically how you and your wife have handled money together. We want to talk more about the budget parties. And we'll get to that in just a little bit in the show. I wanted to ask you too, real quick, while we're on the topic of real estate, about rental properties. Such awesome stuff about paying off your mortgage and kind of the ways that you can trick yourself into doing better with your money so that you can get there more quickly. And I think money is so psychological. That's that's like a huge thing that a lot of people need to hear that there are ways that you can kind of accelerate that by by tricking the way that your brain actually works. So now you want to buy a rental property and you want to buy it in cash, which is a big goal in and of itself. Tell us like why that's one of your goals, why that's one of your income streams that you want to generate and kind of how you're planning to get there. Yeah. So uh, since we paid off the mortgage and we're really enjoying this debt-free life, we said, well, it kind of feels silly to go back and get a mortgage now if we're going to get our first rental property. So my wife and I agreed, well, why don't we just keep on saving our money uh, until we have enough to buy one in cash? So we've been doing that now for about two years and we have close to about $100,000. And in Metro Detroit and some of the you know, suburb areas where a lot of the younger folks are living, you can get a you can get a thousand square foot home for about a hundred thousand bucks, and you could become a landlord. So that is our current plan, and the reason that we want to do it with 
you know, no debt whatsoever is just, there's a lot of perks to that. There's no mortgage payments. There's no closing costs. It, you know, it helps when you're in a competitive market, right? I mean, who, you got to, you get deal with people who are buying in cash. You got to have a better opportunity. More of the money's coming back to you, more cash flow, right? And then again, back to that first point that I keep making, less stress, less things that I have to worry about. If I have another mortgage, that really adds on to my stress level. As you can tell, there's a, there's a theme going on here. <laughs> well, I think that's huge because debt, uh, money stress is looming over us, you know, mortgage payments, all those sorts of things, they have a weight on our psyche. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just obviously the nuts and bolts. Because like you said, if it were the nuts and bolts, you wouldn't have paid off your mortgage in four years. You would have invested in the stock market. Absolutely. There's so much more that goes into it. And I love that you're prioritizing the full range of how you can optimize your own life as opposed to just like, what's the best number on a spreadsheet? Right. And then that's where a lot of our decisions come from. What's the least time-consuming, least stressful way that we can go about creating financial decisions for our family. So a listener recently, you mentioned, Andy, wrote to you and said, I know you're thinking about buying a rest- rental of property. Don't do it. And so did, <laughs> did that give you a little bit of pause? Like, Obviously, you know the market's kind of hot. And then you've got listeners reaching out saying, don't be a dummy. Don't invest in real estate. <laughs> what did that make you think? Yeah, you know, I really liked uh, when my friend reached out to me, just shot me uh, a text. Uh, somebody who listens to the show is also a friend of, me, a friend of mine is like, hey, I've been doing this for a long time. I would not suggest it. And that, that did give me pause. But what it did do is essentially I have thought about it in a way where it's like, hey, I've only been researching, reading books and talking to people like yourself, Joel, who've only had really great positive experiences about real estate. Why don't I also look at the con side, the negative side, so I can get a balanced view? Because this is a potentially multi-six-figure investment we're making that we're tying our names to. So we want to make sure that we're doing it smart and we're doing it right. So as we've done with a lot of the financial decisions in our family, we want to do it smart and cautiously, and we're doing it together. We're making these decisions together. So yes, uh, based on that, uh, the comments that I've been receiving, as well as you know, texts from friends and and just general interest in, in our story, um, yeah, definitely looking at both sides to make sure it's a smart decision. Andy, that's awesome. So smart. Uh, we're going to talk more with you specifically about money in relationships uh, right after the break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? 
That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making (laughs) making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back with our friend Andy Hill, the host of the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast. And Andy, like marriage, kids, and money, like you're talking about things that affect all of us on your show. And so let's kind of start with you and your marriage. And so when you and your wife got married... How did you guys begin to handle your personal finances together? Were there any obstacles that you had to overcome early on? Oh yeah, there were there were quite a quite a few of them, and, and they were mostly started by me. So uh, <laughs> I got uh, I got pretty geeked about personal finance and just kind of looking after our our financial situation overall when I learned that I was going to be a dad. Something kind of sparked in my brain where I'm like, okay, I'm not just living for me anymore. I'm literally going to be raising a human and I am in charge of her existence and helping her to you know, have a great life. So immediately when I thought, well, what, do I, what am I going to do to kind of be in a better situation? I turned to my finances. Obviously, you think about your health, you think about your finances, but immediately, I'm, wow, I've got, you know, with my wife now, we've got about $50,000 of debt and we should try to erase that before our daughter comes into the world. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that make us feel really good and then start our parenthood? So that sort of got me excited and I started reading books and I started watching Susie Orman show and seeing her diagnose people, uh, you know, giving them grades with their net worth and everything like that. And then I, I came across a book, uh, The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, which I know a lot of people are aware of. And it, it really hit, it hit, it hit a chord with me. And I was determined to see how we could pay off our debt uh, before our daughter came into the world. And I mentioned this to my wife. Uh, She was kind of lukewarm to the idea. Sounds good. But what does that mean for us? What does that mean for me? Do I have to spend less money? Do I have to live on a budget? That does not sound like fun. And so as I was (laughs) describing these things to her, it sounded like I was, you know, essentially bringing a toxic pill into the relationship saying, hey, let's have no fun and you got to live on a budget and all those types of things that nobody wants to do, right? But once I learned that not only do I have this excitement about becoming debt-free before our daughter is born, but she also has some dreams and goals herself. She wants to eventually become a stay-at-home mom. And with that comes the necessity of us paying off our debt, living on a budget, and talking about our expenses. So as we started to talk about those things and craft those goals together, that's when she's jumped on board and got excited about it. And that's kind of how we kick things off in, in our relationship. And yes, we definitely did have some money disagreements and fights and things like that. But it came through a lot of trial and error together. Mm. Yeah. I mean, having that goal and aligning with each other, right? Being able to have those discussions and figure out what both of you want and then kind of aligning what her goal was, which was to stay home with her kids eventually. It, it meant taking action 
earlier on, you know, while you're pregnant, when once you find out that you're having a kid. And so, yeah, my wife and I have a similar sort of story and investing in real estate was kind of that thing for us. It was like, okay, if we buy a few rental houses, this becomes like a part-time job that you don't have to have. This goal of you staying at home with our kids is then a, a possibility. It's a reality. It can become a reality. And so, yeah, I love being able to have that discussion, get on the same page, and then you're both motivated to move. And it's not just like, I want to have a no fun zone in this house, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, it sounds like you and I kind of both geeked out about the numbers or the goals, you know, like, hey, I'm going to get a rental property that will that will be great. Or for me, I'm going to pay off the debt and that would be great. But for maybe for your wife or my wife, it was the emotional side of things like, well, what does that mean for me? What's the payoff? Because I'll do that stuff. But why? I mean, give me the reason why I would do that, because it's not easy. It's not easy to change what you're used to doing. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. So Andy, you mentioned you know how you guys did have actual disagreements. So when those came up, did you just keep talking about them? Like obviously, you, you eventually you got on the same page when it came to you know getting out of debt. But have there been instances where you guys actually disagreed, and fundamentally you just had to agree to disagree, right? Like did you just keep talking about it? How did you get past that? Yeah, that's a great question. I I think what I've learned over the course of our marriage is that we have different views on money. Not one of them is right or not one of them is wrong. They're just different. And that's okay. Sometimes I like to spend more money on something and she likes to spend more money on other things. Does that mean that my mode of spending money is right or wrong? No, it's just different. So we both grew up in different fashions. You know, when we were younger, she had, her parents had different views on money. Mine did too. But now we're together and we need to figure out how that can work together. So we have a lot of conversations on what my thoughts are with regard to money and what her thoughts are with regard to money. And then we work together to find that middle ground on how we can make it work for both of us, for both of our goals. And quite often, majority of the time, our goals are in sync because we got married. We love each other. There's a lot of things that we do agree on, right? We want to spend more time with our family. We want to do some great vacations. We want to ensure that we're protected. These are all the, the high level goals that we all you know, have together as, as a married couple, but it's how we get there. And those are some of the ways that we found uh, by working together and, and having these conversations, we were able to find some harmony in our marriage. But yes, there are definitely times that we've run short on patience or run short on time. And that's when we, that's when we end up getting into arguments. Yeah. Yeah. And so arguments, you talk very openly about how marriage counseling has really helped you guys, not just in your marriage, being able to communicate with one another, but also being able to communicate well about money. And so what would you say to folks out there, whether they're just in a long-term relationship, maybe in a new relationship, like or, or in a marriage where they haven't been able to talk well about these things, is marriage counseling a good solution for a lot of people out there? Or how do they get the ball rolling? I think it's a great solution, marriage counseling. Um, but there's a lot of things that you can do at home to to try to figure these things out in, in the beginning. So if you are just having money fights a lot and you don't understand why, maybe go back to the beginning and try to understand why did we get together? What are the goals for our marriage? What are our long-term goals together? And sit down with your spouse and try to figure those things out, right? Have a date, you know, sit down on the couch distractions aside, put the put the phone away, you know, go out uh, where the kids aren't going to be there, maybe get a babysitter. This is a serious conversation. Try to figure out what those goals are in your life. Do you want to stay at home with the kids? Do you want to open your own business? Do you want to become an entrepreneur? Do you want to quit your job that you hate? Do you want to get a new job and it's going to take some transition? What can you do to work together to, to, to solve those goals and become a team, right? And then, like we talked about, developing that budget, making sure you are understanding where the numbers are coming from so that you can then hit those goals. I know you guys are a big fan of Zeta. That's a really fun app to use to you know, have couples work together on their money. And then, yeah, I mean, it's okay to go to marriage counseling if you're having trouble having these conversations. This is a professional that will help you communicate better. I mean, it's the same thing as going and getting a personal trainer, right? You want to be more healthy. You want to be more fit. You bring in a third party to, to help you to do that, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. So when we started about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, there was a little bit something in my brain being like, man, I, I thought only people who you know are having trouble in their marriage go to marriage counselors, right? And then as I went for my first session and the second session, I'm like, wow, this is great. This is like a coach, man. This, is, this person's helping us figure out how to communicate better, 
because we're busy parents. We've got two young kids under seven years old that take up a lot of our time. And we were running from place to place. I'm going to work. I'm doing my side hustle. And we're not spending the quality time and the right function for our communication. And this person's going to help us do it. So it has been the best decision that we've made for our marriage uh, in the last 10 years of our marriage. So yeah, no, I, I completely agree with it. Yeah. And I think there is that stigma, right? That only people that are in rough marital times go to marriage counseling, but we have to break that because it's just not true. And it can help us, especially when things are kind of crazy or we've moved into a new life stage to be able to begin to communicate with one another where we're at. It might be easier in your early 20s or your mid 20s or whatever, when you're kind of first falling in love and all that stuff, you have one set of issues to work through. And then you get into your mid 30s. And then there's another set, especially when you have young kids running around. And so I think with every stage, maybe that's another call for people to consider talking to someone if they're having uh, communication issues, which is not abnormal, <laughs> by the way. No, there's no book. There's no book for being in marriage, man. There's no like, there's no handbook. Like nobody knows specifically how to do this, but getting a coach to help you to do that is, is a fantastic way to go. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it makes me think of going to the doctor, right? Like you don't only go to the doctor exactly. when you're sick or when something terrible is, is actually happening to your body. You go, hopefully, <laughs> regularly, periodically, just to make sure things are, are looking good and get that checkup. I think that's a great point too, and I, I think there's a there's a shift in our culture right now towards not only just thinking about physical health, but also thinking about mental health with this wave of yoga and meditation and yes, therapy and counseling. I think it is so important for people to think the, about the importance of mental health, not only personally but also for their marriage. So. I think it's great if people go and work on the things that are most effective for their health, and that's that's their mental health. And if we're specifically talking here too about preventing money fights, money arguments, then I think one thing that I've heard you mention before is that the mar marriage counselor has helped you guys figure out the underlying concerns that you have when it comes to money. And so it's not just that I want one thing and you want the other and we're at odds, but it's helping your marriage counselors helped you understand the baseline feelings that you're coming into this with. And it's not necessarily that you're at odds, right? So can you tell us a little more about that? That's a great point. And I think the one of the arguments that keeps on coming back or has come back for us and now we know how to, you know, really deal with it is sometimes I will want to save for the future, right? And, you know, you know, we talk about these financial goals all the time, putting money in our Roth IRA or, or maxing out the 401k, these big goals. And that, those things make me feel good because that helps me feel like I'm protecting our family and giving them a great life for the future. And Nicole also likes to use our money for fun things to, you know, to, to go on vacations, to make our home look beautiful. And sometimes when I'm in a rut, you know, or I'm not thinking clearly, I'm thinking, okay, she gets mad at me when I'm saving and I get mad at her when she's spending. But really, if you break down the root of it, she's not spending just because it's, it's you know, wild and crazy. It's like she's spending money because she wants to create a beautiful home for us. And how could somebody get mad at that? And then for me, I'm, I'm saving money on, on this side because I really want to protect our family. And if you look at those, those roots, those, the, the purpose of those actions, neither one of us can really get upset with each other when you boil it down like that. But when you're running around and you're frantic and I'm thinking, oh, she doesn't want me to save because she wants me to always you know, not be able to grow into a, a career or do my entrepreneurial thing. And, and she's thinking about me, oh, he's, he just wants to save. He just want to penny, wants me to penny pinch. He doesn't want me to have fun. That's, that's when you get mad and upset. But if you really think about the root of the of the cause or really the root of the action, then you'll understand there's no evil motivation here. These are pure actions that people just your your spouse wants wants to do to make sure that you're having a great life. And our counselor definitely helped us to figure that out. And there's you know I, I say I say the spending and the saving thing. I also like spending on you know like I said kids activities. She likes to save when it's worth regard to like going out uh, on meals and things like that. So we're spenders and savers in different areas. So it's just kind of a a different way of looking at things. But no, definitely has helped us out quite a bit. So what I'm hearing though is that your counselor has allowed you guys to basically refocus and and realize that your goals are actually the same. And you're able to do that. It sounds like through communication. What other tools has that counselor allowed you guys to you know, move forward in your relationship to grow? Yeah, I would love to hear some more of those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, A great activity that we've done through the marriage counseling is recognizing 
when our spouses do something incredible in our lives. And she calls it making time for appreciation and making sure your spouse has time for that appreciation. So sometimes it feels a little funny, but um, being able to stop your spouse in their tracks as they've done something really great for you and asking, do you have time for my appreciation? And if they are available, if the kid's not hanging on their leg or if they're not <laughs> running to work or whatever like that, then you know you say yes and you sit down with them and you look them in the eyes and you tell them, well, I'll say exactly what my wife did, uh, did for me the other day. I said, sweetheart, I really appreciated as I was running and trying to make it to work that you made me breakfast. That just made me feel like you care about me and that you love me and I love you. And just taking whatever that five to 10 seconds to do that when those things happen can go miles in your marriage. And she does that for me too. Hey, I see you working really hard at work and it makes me feel like you really care about this family. Thank you. And oh, I'm, I'm a words of affirmation guy. I'm, you know, nice. five love, five love yeah. languages. So that really fills me up <laughs> when I hear things like that. But you know, little activities like that, that you can insert in your marriage, your daily activity uh, as being a, you know, a married person can really make your relationship a great place to be in. That's cool, man. That's really cool. And by the way, I think right now we need to stop and say, Andy, you're being a really good podcast guest. So thank you for that. <laughs> you know I'm a words of affirmation guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I got another question for you, though. You'd mentioned budget parties, which is such a cool concept. When we can reframe something that is typically boring, mundane, something that people avoid altogether, but you've created budgets uh, and talking about budgets as a family to be something that's cool and fun and different. Tell us kind of how, how you do budget parties and how maybe people can incorporate something like that into their lives. Sounds good. Yeah. So originally, I, I created the name almost in jest because I knew that she was not excited about doing the budget. So I essentially just put the word party at the end to try to trick her to show up. Um, <laughs> and it worked. But you know, in the beginning, we were doing pizza and beer and you know wine and you know setting aside some uh, an evening for us to uh, to have fun and do it sometimes we pinatas taken it. uh well we did we did do a pinata when we paid off the okay. mortgage we okay okay <laughs> oh nice we we actually made a paper mache a pinata out of the uh out of the mortgage papers which was a lot of fun oh that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no so we um we get together once a month and the goal of it really is to review our spending from the previous month our current spending and then also we take advantage of this as sort of a marriage meeting. So it's not just about money. It's sort of veiled in this budget party meeting. But we also talk about what are our plans for the month? You know, what are our vacations that are coming up? What school activities do the kids have that, you know, I, we, we want to be at? This is sort of our monthly check-in because we have such a crazy life that we need this time to sit down for two or three hours and really talk about what our month's going to be about and how we want to direct our money so that we're hitting those goals that we're really excited about in our life. So we've been doing this for, yeah, we've been married for nine years now. We've been doing it for at least eight. And it's really helped us every month uh, for the past eight years to get together and make sure we're in sync. And, uh, you know, if we can't find time to do it at home because the kids are are wild and crazy, sometimes we'll take it to like a kid play place where they've got the that you know the the jungle gym and the slides and things like that they'll run around while we're doing the budget or we've even taken it to a restaurant on a date and uh, you know get the laptop and the receipts people look at us kind of funny but nerds. doesn't matter we're, we're exactly <laughs> <laughs> totally we're those nerds I love it but we're planning our planning our month and you know we're um, really planning out how we want to you know focus on our marriage so it's uh, it works. <laughs> If my wife hears about the whole party thing, she might kind of find a way to convince me to do a shower cleaning party. Oh, there uh, you go. Yep. Later on this week. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You just add party to anything and then uh, you're like, oh, well, what is it? Oh, I'm already here. I guess I have to yeah. do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, Andy, we've got a few more questions for you and we'll get to those right after the break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. 
Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality, plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava.com slash how to money. That's spelled K-A-C-H-A-V-A and get 10% off your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash how to money. Joel, so we were just recounting our trip to Scotland. This is the trip that we took this time last year, actually, with some of our friends over the weekend. And one of the highlights from Edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm-hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, oh, Matt. I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making, my, <laughs> you're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, Andy, let's talk about podcasting for a second. You've been doing that for a couple years now, you know, maybe a year longer than we've been doing it. Why did you start sort of the side hustle uh, for yourself? You know, how's it going for you? Oh, it is great. You know, it, it sort of stemmed off of some of our original conversation about me looking for that that entrepreneurial drive or that creative thing to do. And it has been going great. You know, in the beginning, I started off, I just wanted to create something that um, that I would enjoy listening to and that maybe, you know, a couple people would listen to. So in the beginning, it was like, you know, my brother-in-law and my mom and my and my wife listening to it. They're like, that was really nice, honey. Way to go. You know, good job. <laughs> and then slowly but surely, then my uncle would listen. And then they, they'd share it with people. And then it kind of started rolling from there. And then, you know, three years later now, it's it's doing pretty well. It's gone from a fun hobby to side hustle that makes a little bit of money now to side hustle that makes a pretty good amount of money and, and like with the future of like, hey, could I just do this? You know, and it's, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty wild. And mostly outside of the uh, the money side of things, the conversations I've been able to have have been life changing. And I'm not putting a hyperbole out there. I have never been able to speak to so many incredible people with incredible stories that have motivated me in my life for the exact position that I'm in. And it's um, it's something that is probably one of the best things I've ever done in my life. I'll be honest with you. 
So obviously, I mean, we have guests on occasionally. We're kind of getting more into that format, Andy. You have guests on a good bit. Do you have a favorite episode where you had somebody on that you know maybe you feel like impacted you the most personally? Wow. I guess a few things pop into my mind. Every, every 50 episodes, I have my family on just to kind of remind me of why I'm doing this. And I've had some really great conversations, not only with my kids, but with my wife. And that's a fun tradition that I'm going to continue doing. And I'm coming up on episode 150. So I'll be doing that again. Uh, a segment that I started recently, which is also fun because you can just create segments when you when you have a yeah. podcast. You're like, oh, now I've got this segment. Uh, a segment that I... Or you can kill segments. Exactly. If, uh, you can they're kill not doing them, so well. Doing well right? <laughs> uh, something that I've been working on personally in our financial journey is giving more. And I know that's um, you know something that's not always like the hottest topic when you're talking about personal finance, but it's something that uh, I felt like was lacking in our lives. Uh, in 2017, we only gave you know one percent of our uh, of our income to charity, and that's something that I wanted to grow. So I started a segment on the show called the Give Jar, and the purpose of that was to interview charities and organizations that uh, are, have a mission to help kids have a better life. So every quarter now, I've hmm. been interviewing charities that have that mission, and the purpose is to help me become more charitable and to share with my audience about how there are great organizations out there that are doing incredible things that, that really bring inspiration and can motivate you to be the change that you want to see in this world. So I've had those uh, interviews lately and they've really uh, inspired me. I've had uh, the representatives from Together We Rise. It's an organization that helps kids in foster care. I'm shortly going to have um, a thorn on uh, my my show to talk about how they're defending children from uh, sex trafficking on on digital with their digital powers that they have, and then I'm also going to have Nicole Hockley from Sandy Hook Promise to talk about how they're protecting kids in school from um, you know from being uh, in these horrible situations that they've been in, uh, especially with the Sandy Hook tragedy that happened. So that, those have been the most inspiring conversations and the ones that I'm about to have too. That really bring me a lot of joy. Yes, it's a lot of fun to talk to the multimillionaires about how they became multimillionaires <laughs> and the parents that are just became debt-free and how they did that. Those are really inspiring stories. But uh, personally, in my mission right now, I'm trying to learn how to become a better giver. And those uh, conversations are really helping me to do that. Very cool. Yeah, that's cool. And thanks for that insight. Also, in forming this podcast and starting your own small business, besides these great conversations, what would you say is maybe the top one or two things that you've learned in getting a side hustle off the ground? Mm, great question. This was the first time that I really did anything that was a non-employee you know, specific work, right? So that I was brand new to it. So trying to get yourself out there, creating an interesting content, there are so many legs to the stool of trying to build a business. And I took those for granted. You know, When you're at work, you get the paycheck. Uh, there's a sales department. There's a marketing department. There's an HR department. Now, when you're doing your own little small business, you are everything, right? So some of the things that I've learned throughout the process is take the skills that you've already learned in your life, Andy, and then bring those to your small business. So I have a background in sales and account management. So take advantage of your strength. If you want to bring sponsors on the show, or if you want to entice a really interesting guest to come on, use those sales and communication skills because that is the best way you're going to be able to move forward. I mean, it's not going to be with, hey, you're you're magically going to be great at SEO, Andy. No, you don't even know what SEO stands for. Like so, 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 so focus on where your skills are. And that's what I've been trying to do from the beginning. And a big part of that is trying to create uh, friends and community. And I think um, by bringing people on the show, talking to them about their story, and really providing my true attention and having a great conversation with them, I think that's helped me to create an interesting podcast that people like listening to. So Andy, so your show, let's take a step back. Uh, obviously, marriage and kids are you know, hugely important to you. For folks who maybe are not married and don't have kids, like how would you recommend to them to discover their why? Hmm. Like We talk about the why behind our money. It sounds like for, for your family, like those are two huge goals, two huge things that you consider when you're saving your money. But for those who don't have those, yeah, how, how do you recommend to folks to sort of do some soul searching basically <laughs> and for them to figure out what it is that they're actually, you know, saving and investing their money towards? I think that's a that's an awesome question. And I think it starts by asking yourself some questions, right? So some of these very big esoteric questions that you could ask yourself are essentially, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do with your day? 
you start asking yourself big questions like that, you start to find out what your internal motivation is, right? I would volunteer with X organization because it brings me joy. I would start my own business doing this. I would I would buy 10 rental properties and manage them because that would make me feel great and I would have a business. So if you're if you're taking a big question like that when money's completely aside and say how you would like to spend your day, answering that question back, marriage and kids aside, right? Helps you to figure out what you want to do with your life. And then now that you know that it takes money to get there, that's the reason you start building up your savings, investing, saving, getting rid of debt. Those types of things will help you kind of drive towards it. So if you're answering that question and saying, I want to be a photographer and take pictures all around the world, then what are you now doing financially to help you to get to that goal? Because we only get one life. So let's let's do it, right? Yeah, and I completely agree. So one of those main goals for you is spending more time with your kids and having more autonomy. But I'm curious, what kind of conversations have you had with your kids? I love that you bring them on the podcast, you know, every 50 episodes. What kind of conversations have you had with them and how are you teaching them really to to start knowing the value of a dollar right now too even though they're still young? Yeah, they are pretty young, so I've got a 7-year-old and a 5-year-old. Uh, for the past couple of years, we've been doing a program uh, like a chore and reward program around the house, and that's a way that we're helping to, to teach teach them that you know with hard work comes reward, right? So Zoe and Calvin come down every Saturday morning. They get three chores each, and they help by emptying the garbage, emptying the silverware, putting the clothes into the dryer, things like that. Simple tasks that I do with them. And every time they complete their chores, they get a dollar for however old they are. So $7 for Zoe, $5 for Calvin. We separate the money into three different jars, spend, save, and give. And these are conversations that we can have together about what all, the, all those things are, why savings important, uh, why spending is also important, and how you can make smart, conscious decisions with your purchases, and then giving, why that's important. And like I said earlier, giving is something that I'm trying to work on. And that was the epiphany moment for me. I'm telling my kids to save and give. Hey, make sure you give money to, to charity because that's really important. And then I would ask myself, am I doing that? Am I actually giving money to charity? And so those conversations that I'm having with my kids are actually also inspiring me on my personal finance journey to make some changes and try to figure things out. So besides the chore and reward program, honestly, the main thing that we're doing is just trying to model good personal finance behavior, right? Not overspending when we don't have the money. Talking to them in person about why we make conscious financial decisions. Talking to them when we're when we're in the store about the things that we're buying and why we're buying them and why we're not buying certain things, why we choose not to. And then we also freely talk about our budget and how things are laid out and why we're purchasing something this month or why we're not purchasing it at all. So I think if you have open conversations with your kids, or at least for our family, that's how we're hoping that they will grow up to be smart, financially savvy little ones. Well, obviously, you're a husband <laughs> and your dad. And you've got a lot of stuff going on, right? You've got a lot of irons in the fire. You've got your full-time job, the different side hustles, other investing strategies for you like how are you able to do all this and basically not go crazy you know like how do you how are you able to keep your sanity that's a great question i i am doing my best with time management so something that's very important to me and my wife is the ability for us to be good parents but also maintain a good marriage and there's there's a reason that i called it marriage kids and money because our marriage comes first so Something that we started to do about three or four months ago, which she said was the best invention that I've ever come up with, is dedicating two nights during the week to mama. So we call them mama's nights. Monday and Tuesday are mama's nights. So essentially on those nights at seven o'clock sharp, mama gets to uh, vacate the, the premises, <laughs> not have to do any dishes, not put any kids to bed. She gets to go whatever she wants to do. Go out with girls for lunch or go out for dinner, drinks. Or go up to the room, watch some Netflix, paint her nails, whatever she wants to do. That's her time to chill and do nothing. So that's Monday and Tuesday. And then the same happens for me on Wednesday and Thursday. So that's daddy's nights. So seven o'clock, I get to go off and I get to do my side hustle. I get to go play board games with my friends. I get to whatever I want to do, uh, exercise. Those are our special times to have our sanity. Because when you're a young parent, you need that You need that time for, for yourself. You need that time for sanity because... If you're only working full time at your side hustle, your job, and then being parent all the time, then you have no time for yourself, right? And that's where you kind of lose things. So I'm very happy to separate that time. So really, 
Wednesdays and Thursday nights, I spend a lot of time on the side hustle. I also get up early in the morning to have a little bit of time for me for, you know, fitness as well as doing a little bit on the on the podcast and things like that. And then during the day, I'm working at my full-time job. And then on the weekends, I do my very 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 best to not do any work whatsoever. Things happen, of course, you know, I got to get a show out or sometimes I work for my full-time job on the weekends, but I do my very very best, you know, call it 80% of the time where I do no work on the weekends. I do not go on social media starting Friday through Monday morning because that is a big distraction for me and it takes me away from my family and also takes my my mental focus away. So that's a big focus that I've been trying to do lately, probably for the past six months. No, no, no social media Friday through Sunday. And just trying to do these little things that help me to control my time and put my priorities um, where they need to be. My marriage is at the top of the list. My kids are at the top of the list. And then my personal goals too. So you know, the challenge of time management. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Like you've got to be intentional. You've got to, you know, set those boundaries, create that structure. Otherwise it just devolves into a big unorganized time mess. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, you know, one thing that I, I talked to uh, somebody on the show, you said interesting interviews. I talked to this gentleman who talked about this practice called minding the gap. So when he comes home from work, he talks to his wife and says, I need like 10 minutes to just kind of have that bridge between employee guy and then family guy. So I'm going to come in. I'm going to say hello to you, of course, but I'm going to come right upstairs, splash some water on my face, you know, change into some relaxing clothes, turn off my phone so I can go from employee mode to family mode. And I've been practicing that one as well. It's these little hacks that you could do mm-hmm. as a young parent to kind of just separate yourself from all of the different hats you have to wear and to create a little sanity in your life. Dude, that's great stuff. And I think this interview for folks will probably create some interesting discussion around different uh, dining room tables. It will also, I think, provide some inspiration for people that even without a ridiculously insane income, like the the things that you've achieved, Andy, uh, and you and your family have achieved for your family's well-being... Are, are just really impressive. So thank you so much for coming on the show to talk to us today. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I appreciate it too. Thank you guys so much. It's been great to have a beard with you. Yeah, maybe next time we'll have that beer in person. Uh, so Joel, that was an awesome conversation we had with Andy. Let's talk about some big takeaways that we have. Yes, yeah, so we're going to try to do this at the end of every interview episode. Give kind of one thing that resonated with us in particular. Matt, and the thing that stuck out to me that I'm going to start implementing into my life immediately from this conversation with Andy, which was, I think, full of a lot of good stuff, is to give my wife a night off. I think especially in this busy season, I love how they each get two nights off every week. And for us, I think maybe one night off might be a little more feasible. But just to know that one night a week, when I come home, she can just be out the door doing whatever lights her up, I think would be just a huge win for her. So it's not even this like, huge financial thing I learned from this episode. It's just a way that I can relate to my wife better. So that's my big takeaway. Nice, man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think she will definitely like that, right? I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I think she will. Okay, for me, it was when Andy was talking about stress. And for him, paying off that mortgage and now saving up to buy another home, an investment property, he is finding ways to do that, but to also decrease the amount of stress in his life. You know, What he's looking at is not necessarily the numbers, but he's looking at what he wants his actual life to look like. He's keeping his goals in mind. And it sounds like for them, that's maintaining a certain kind of life at home that involves not being preoccupied with the different side hustles or the mortgage, just different things kind of hanging over his head when he's on as dad, right? Like when he's wearing that hat. So yeah, that stood out to me, letting your goals sort of drive your financial actions. And now it's not always about the numbers. That's a big confession from a, a self-confessed numbers geek. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd. And so you know, for me to make that switch and try to focus more on the lifestyle, I've kind of been going that direction more lately, honestly. But hearing Andy talk about it in a way that had a large impact on, on what they did with their money just really spoke to me. So I love that. Yeah, that was good stuff. All right, Matt, let's get back to the beer that we had on the show today. Today, we were drinking Cream Weaver by Three Taverns Brewery. And this is a tart twist of the classic orange creamsicle made with tangerines and vanilla. Yeah, this is from a brewery just right down the street from us. And man, they make some awesome stuff. They're actually opening up a second location right like walking distance from our house, which is really right exciting. Near, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't wait for that to happen. Yeah, and the only time I wear a hat, it's actually a Three Taverns hat. And it's because somebody gave it to me for free. And so <laughs> it's, it's uh, obviously that speaks to my cheapness. 
but you know, I do like their beer, so it's win-win. It's not like I'm wearing a like a bush light hat or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what were your thoughts on this beer, Matt? Man, I loved it. It was really good. You know, it didn't taste as much to me like an IPA. It, it kind of tasted more like a fruity orange beer, but it had a lot of orange flavor, and I, l- I really like that tartness. It reminded me a lot of frozen yogurt. You know, like you get froyo, and it's kind of got that tartness going on with the fruit. Kind of made it refreshing almost to drink. I, I really enjoyed it. To me, this had like a sweet orangey flavor and the vanilla kind of smoothed things out. A touch of that tartness. And so it was super interesting. Uh, I This style is kind of becoming sort of a thing. And we had a beer a while back from Arizona Wilderness that oh, that's right. had some similarities. Uh, this one definitely a little bit sweeter. Maybe tasted even more like an orange creamsicle because of that. Oh, yeah. And I loved that beer from Arizona Wilderness. But man, this one was super solid too. So yeah, both good representations of the style. And a big thanks to your buddy Tyler for sending this one our way. Yeah, Tyler. Thanks so much, man. So Joel, that's going to be it for this episode. You can find our show notes up on our website at howtomoney.com. And uh, in there as well, we will link to Andy's show, Marriage, Kids, and Money. Yeah. And if you think this is the best personal finance show you've ever heard in your life, well, (laughs) we'd appreciate a five-star review from you on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And more than anything, we just appreciate you checking out the show. So Matt, until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's Upswell marketing.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.